Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Imagine what would happen if all the money in the world were put into the hands of compassionate individuals who wanted to create lasting generational change. That would be pretty spectacular, right? Well, Twyla True is a mega successful entrepreneur whose business is total more than $1 billion. She is part of the growing community that believes to whom much is given, much is expected. There is a saying that goes, to whom much is given, much is expected. And um, I think about that when it comes to the world's wealth and um, who is holding on to the purse, you know, who has the money. And isn't it great when that money can go into the hands of people who really have compassionate hearts and want to create lasting change? Wouldn't that be beautiful if, if all the money were filed into people like that? I, I have someone today that I want to introduce you to. Her name is Twyla True, and she is an ultra successful entrepreneur. Her business is total more than a billion dollars. Yes, that is true. Um, but honestly, um, it is the things that she's doing running alongside of her business that really captivated me when I heard her story. So let's bring Twyla in here. Hi, Twyla. Thank you. Hi, for how are you? I am doing awesome. Has anyone ever told you that your, your life um, could be a movie? Oh, thank you. No, I've, I haven't thought about that. <laughs> Great. I'm giving you one more thing to add to your plate. Uh, too busy living it. <laughs> exactly. Good for you. You know, speaking of your life, would you kind of would you kind of walk us through the story, the history that is you? Because it started from the time that you were just a baby. Yes. Yeah, so just as a baby or just as a child, you know, you don't know. You don't know demographics. You don't know, understand gender. You know, those those things are, are taught or, you know, exampled. And so for me, fortunately, I didn't have any bad examples of, uh, you know, different races or different. I was born into the, I'm a member of the Lakota Sioux tribe. And so that's in Pine Ridge, uh, poorest place in the country, not the poorest reservation, the poorest place in, in the country. That's in South Dakota. Uh, that's in South Dakota, lower left corner. Uh, mostly raised at a very young age by my grandmother, who was, you know, very traditional uh, Lakota woman. And in there, um, you know, I didn't understand what I didn't have. All I understood was what I did have. So, although today I talk about it's the poorest place in the nation, uh, that's not what I grew up with. I grew up with culture and tribe and and family and sisters and brothers and and uh, the idea that uh, whatever whatever you whatever thoughts and desires you put forward for accomplishments um, you know that's what you have the opportunity to become that's beautiful and so when did you end up leaving the Pine Ridge reservation I'm not too sure um, you know it's I was adopted. What I do know is I was adopted at a later age. You know, you look at past pictures and you start to put things together. There's things in your family, in my family tree that, you know, make people uncomfortable to talk about. And so you spend your, your, your younger years living life. You spend your middle years trying to figure it out. And then at some point it just doesn't matter. And you're thankful for the things you do know uh, and the things that you, you know, can take with you and uh, take charge of your own life. So at a very young age, what I could piece together was, I know I'm a member of the Lakota Sioux tribe. 
I know that when I land there for my philanthropic efforts, you know, something, something vibrates with inside of me of, of, of love and deepness and a belonging. Uh, but then at a very young, my next stage, maybe around three to five, somewhere in there, uh, I was adopted by a man who is Mexican and lives in El Monte, California. Um, the most humblest, kindest guy, a mechanic, uh, Vietnam veteran. And what he taught me, he didn't, he wasn't my father because he had to be. He was my father because I needed one. And he taught me the value or he taught me my value and how a man treats a woman. I want to, I want to hop into that for a little bit because, um, you know, my daughter has a close relationship with her father, uh, my husband, and, um, I had a, a great relationship with my dad growing up and I feel like there is something there, um, mm -hmm that need for a young woman to experience a male mentor who is, is kind. Um, you agree with that? hundred percent. I mean, whatever I, he, he was the example. I knew nothing else. So by the time I dated a guy opened the door for me, or that was my bar. Uh, he spoke a certain way. I walked, I'll tell you a story. I remember my father uh, coming home. I'm coming home from high school. He's a Vietnam veteran, swore like a sailor. Uh, it's the weekend. He's got his friends and they're watching some uh, boxing rant, boxing match. I mean, the amount of cursing and, you know, all of the smoking that's going on until the moment I walk in the room. He stands up. They all stand up, you know, stop the swearing, hide the cigarettes, Hello, Twyla. Hi, Twyla. As I keep walking by and he, you know, reaches over and kind of taps one guy who didn't stand up. That guy stands up. I walk out of the room. I'm smiling. I know what's going on. I go to the other side of the room and walk out and then I can hear them back at it. But, you know, it's a small example of that's that's what I understood. I didn't I didn't um, the re amount of respect that he gave me was just uh, something I was, I was brought up with. Mm -hmm. So you talk about the respect he gave you, but I'm, I'm guessing I'm, I am, I'm pulling here a little bit, but you mentioned he, he was a mechanic. Um, you have done incredibly well financially. Is that because he did incredibly well financially and gave that to you? Or is that because he gave you the self-confidence to be able to do that? He, the uh, Pine Ridge, when I would go back to it, I would see uh, extreme poverty. Okay. So I knew I, I knew I originally come from there and I just didn't want to end up that poor. And um, then living in Almani and my, my father it was the most best blue collar life that you could have, right? We had one TV, we had two cars, all the things that you need, but home was clean. We were very well loved and provided for. Uh, but, you know, what I did see at that time is I saw really only two opportunities. One was that you wait and the government will provide. Um, or as a female, you make sure you marry right. So that way that is how you end up because you're only you go to the you go to the store and you're offered toys that are cooking and ironing and, you know, sewing kits. Um, 
you come home and you see people waiting for the government check. You uh, you have girlfriends and all they're talking about through high school or older teenage years is, uh, you know, what kind of job he has and he, 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 he. And I've seen some of those not work out. Um, and so I just all I wanted was I didn't I didn't really aspire for financial greatness. I'm very lucky today. I just I just aspired to have financial independence. Well, and you you succeeded with that. And then at some point, did it were you of a giving nature all the way along? Or at some point, did you say, OK, I have really um, been able to get to this point uh, with the help of others? And, you know, now I want to give back. What what was your tipping point for being really, really kind financially? Two things. The whole time along the way, I was always touched um, or helped by somebody. So whether it was my grandmother, uh, my father, an English teacher uh, in high school who, you know, gave me the love of reading and poetry, um, you know, a tennis coach that, you know, just, just took the time, uh, first time family offices who gave me positions just because I, I worked so hard. So um, all along the way, it would have never happened had I not had never given anything, but just given a little, a little bit of knowledge, assistance, advice. So that stuck with me. The second thing is um, it, there's just a yin and yang I feel about the world. And so should I, should I don't enjoy doing anything that's, that's doesn't give, I really, really enjoy nothing more for me to win, for me to get something, and you get an article in a magazine, woo, yay, you know, yay for you. But when you're sitting in the audience, or you're sitting, um, you know, back in a corner, and you've helped someone get to some place, and you see them celebrate, if you can experience that, there's, there's no higher feeling, you know, than that. And then the strange things about the world is it just seems to me that when you do those things, it kind of, it, they do come back. And so in, I can only tell you that from my personal experience, um, that's, that's sort of, you know, the way it's happened for me. I see you doing that both in philanthropy and in business and in business. I mean, so you have 1500 Sound Academy. This is one of your um, ventures. And it, that is a school, right? Where you're bringing people in. I know that you've had um, keynote speakers like uh, Bruno Mars and Snoop Dogg. Like you just had me at Snoop Dogg, right? <laughs> but the point of that is a college to raise up other people, other artists. So I own a family office. And what that merely means is we manage our own capital. We were uh, successful enough to have successful companies. And when you have that, then you have capital to manage and you, you manage your, your capital uh, as an investment company, as a, a family investment company. So we have multiple companies. Um, you know, when I started out, worked, you get there, you have a successful company, great. And now you're managing your money. Then you have to, then you go and you deal with companies, businesses, joint ventures, partnerships, um, and many times along the ladder, in fact, most of the times you're working with who you have to work with because you're climbing ladders, you're, you know, trying to achieve your goals. 
Um, so you work with who you have to. I'm fortunate today to where I don't have to work with anybody I don't want to. I can choose my partners. And so in that vein, a few years ago, there's two gentlemen I met, uh, Rance Dobson and James Fauntleroy. Someone told me, you know, you've got to go meet these guys. They're in Inglewood. So I said, okay. So I'll, I'll, I go over, I meet them. They're in a humble little studio in the middle of Inglewood, but they, what they had accomplished was incredible. They've been on the top 20 charts for the last 15 years. They write or produce. So people like uh, Jay-Z, they wrote, the, wrote or produced the last three albums for Bruno Mars, Justin Timberlake. Um, so, you know, just to drop names, Sam Smith, Adele, uh, Rihanna, on and on. That was fantastic uh, all by itself. Where they were located um, was the next step for me where, okay, this is just something that speaks to me. You know, it's anything, any place. It doesn't have to be specific to my culture or my gender or my demographic. You know, any there are many um, types of people. Uh, there are many cultures where we all need assistance because there's a we've sort of missed a library of, of knowledge that maybe other demographics uh, have had the opportunity to have or maybe we're a gender that hasn't had someone in front of them to be an example. So this fit that box for me. Uh, the next thing is the way they are and the type of humans that they are. I mean, we have, we've worked together and it's just been bliss because it's, it is as your show is, it's, it, we really live that. And it's not saying I'm kind every day when I, you know, when I live my normal life, how about when you're, when it's hard to be kind? Yeah. Yeah. How about when you've got real choices to make? How about when greed and envy and uh, you know, all of these things start to, can you be kind then? Can you make the right moves then? And uh, I kind of follow that, that thought process. So do they. And the world has just been open to us. That is amazing. And so um, COVID kind of kind of shut you down. Are you back up and running with uh, the 1500 Sound Academy? You know, COVID shut us down as far as construction. Uh, we have studios being built, new studios being built in Inglewood, about uh, 25,000 square feet, live room, green room, studios, academy. Uh, construction's back up. Uh, the, uh, at the academy side where we now teach um, certificates. We have certificates and it's music production, uh, songwriting, publishing, how to act in a room. Um, COVID hit. And so we had to go from brick and mortar to really an online and asynchronous model. Uh, it couldn't have helped us more because you, you see something and maybe, maybe it speaks to us who, who have to, life is a pivot right? You, you're always going to have something. I mean, that's the only thing you can count on. No so kidding. it is going to happen. It's just, can you, can you say, okay, pivot uh, with a smile and lean in hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What a cool concept to be able to have these places where people can come and learn and, and 
alongside people who are ultra successful already. So that I love that. That's really neat. And um, so that shows to me great kindness on the business front. Going back to the philanthropic front, um, talk about Pine Ridge because you said that you you feel that that little there's the little buzzing you know inside of you that that the awakening inside of you when you are there. Um, what what is, has been on your heart to do to help the people um, of your tribe? Um, I'll never you 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 are never not native. You uh, are never not alone. You always feel every day in the way you act, the way you speak, the way you treat others, the way you look at life. Um, you know, I I am a Lakota. And so there is just a belonging and um, even a sense of, of yearning to make sure that I'm never too far. They're always in my thoughts and almost anything that I, all of my successes that I've been fortunate to have, it's because they pray for me. They, they you know, make sure that they have all the right thoughts. And so in an in a original tribal setting, what you had is you you all you look at each other as we're all related. We're all related. Um, it doesn't matter if you're my mother or a friend's daughter. We're all related. And some people some people work in the tribe. Some people help others. Um, everybody sort of has a, a different opportunity in which to contribute to the tribe. And some was really to go out and and hunt or gather or and bring back opportunity from the outside world back to the tribe. And I almost, I almost feel like that. Uh, I feel like I've been fortunate enough to sort of understand both worlds. I can go back there and, and I understand uh, the native world. And then I can come out back into a corporate world, a very, a very uh, institutional world. And I can dress and speak and do all the things that, um, you know, are, are appropriate for for that uh, for that room, and I'm able to uh, breach or you know speak both, and then help work with both. Yeah, I, I love that uh, visualization of of you kind of being a hunter and gatherer. Like the fierceness of that is just it's beautiful. So you have the True Sue Hope Foundation that that um, really works to empower. Uh, in what way it does it empower members of the of the Lakota tribe? Um, we help the two areas that can't help themselves, the very, very young and the very, very old. So unfortunately, uh, the Pine Ridge Reservation has the highest infant mortality rate. So this is in the uh, Western Hemisphere. So it's not in South Dakota. It's not in the U.S. You know, they have more children dying zero to three in the Western hemisphere, right there in that spot. So it's things that from um, fetal uh, vitamins to uh, dry milk, just, you know, many of the basics that will help them live past three. Then it's the elderly. Uh, it's very cold there. So we work with teenage groups who will uh, find wood, deliver to deliver wood to the most susceptible elderly during the winter so that they can burn wood. Um, you know, we're talking about just some basic fundamentals so that they don't freeze during the winter. 
Uh, and then a long-term plan to that is really education. So um, we work to with different schools. Uh, we sometimes take special people that have the opportunity to have a higher education. We have two that we're putting through um, ASU currently. And uh, so those are the, the long-term change will come from education. Okay, ASU, that's Arizona State? You're, you're yes. Through a partnership with the colleges, okay. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so I've got two questions left for you. Here's the first one. What can we, all of us, everywhere in the world um, do? What What is it that, what is the call to action that you would give people, whether it's for um, the Lakota tribe or, or just anyone? I think for the Lakota tribe, um, you know, you can always check out True Sioux Hope and see some of the uh, very simple things, high impact, low cost, you know, donation, things like that, that can, that can happen there. Um, you know, remember that, uh, remember how maybe how they think of things and how they approach things. I think that, uh, you know, we believe that um, we have some things that ways of thinking and ways of being that could be a large contributor to how maybe a lot of people think and it can contribute. I would say as people, uh, probably the largest, the one of the largest on my mind all the time is uh, women and their opportunity in the corporate world. We have a long, long way to go. And uh, whether we can be that example, uh, lend a hand, give advice, um, share the knowledge. Uh, I think that, I think that that's one of the other things that's high in my mind. I always think it's really fun to be able to um, share influence. You know, like we all have this sphere of influence and yours is going to look different than mine. But if when somebody kind of wanders in and needs a connection, it's really, really fun to be that connector. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you feel that way too. Before I let you go, um, do you have a favorite story of kindness? Just something that stands out a time maybe in which you were kind and it just, it just felt so precious or a time when someone was kind to you? Sure. I would say um, an act of kindness would be uh, one time a tribal member asked me to uh, give to do something. Didn't have to be in a big way, but to give or help someone for other people. And they could never know that the assistance came from me. Uh, that was such an act because one to do it. But then to shed your, because what you want is the pat on the back. You want the glory of look what I did. Um, I would say that that was a, a fantastic teaching that someone gave me that I still practice uh, today. And to have that smile over in the corner without anyone knowing that I did it, including the person I gave to, uh, it's a fun practice. Um, the act of the act of kindness that someone gave to me, you know, I, I honestly have uh, so, so many, but I would say the largest would be um, probably my father and um, me between jobs, um, hustling and learning and, you know, working midnight, a midnight shift. My car broke down. He came and got it, uh, stayed up. I went to sleep, woke up running out to the garage so, to see if I could make it. Uh, he had been up all night uh, till you know, 6 a.m., finished repairing my car, 
just so that I could leave on time for work. What a sweet man. Oh, and he raised a remarkable daughter, Twyla. Thank you so much for talking with us today. And, um, so for people who want to find you, I know you have uh, twilatruecollaborations.com. Mm -hmm. Where else you want people to, to connect with you? Twilight True Collaborations. Um, I know that I have my, my Instagram, which I'm not on very often, but I'm starting to check DMs, direct mail. So Awesome. All right. Thank Bye. you so much, Twilight. I appreciate you talking with us today. Uh-huh. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was a conversation with entrepreneur and philanthropist Twyla True. Learn more at twilatruecollaborations.com. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section. 